Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. Hundreds of thousands of public sector workers are striking in Britain's biggest day of industrial action for over a decade. Large numbers of schools are closed and train stations deserted as train and bus drivers join civil servants and teachers on picket lines in a pay dispute, causing widespread disruption. University lecturers have also downed academic gowns. Later we head to the picket line, but what's the impact on studies, particularly for undergraduates who are the class of 2020, Gen Covid, set to graduate this year? Imagine this. It's early 2020, you've long sent your UCAS form in, been accepted for one of London's elite universities and sorted finances to begin the subject for your career. A city of possibility opens up, the lifelong mates to come, chaotic freshers week fun, dashing across the quadrangle from lecture to tutor group, and then... This is the worst public health crisis for a generation. First we're joined by final year King's College London English undergrad Liv Facey, a 21-year-old South East Londoner who's also a freelance journalist and producer who I asked about the impact of 18 days of strikes. It's just not these 18 days. I've had strikes also my second year. So overall, my studies have been very disrupted and I just feel less prepared for exams. So, for example, I have requested an alternative assessment instead of sitting a three hour exam in May because I just feel that I haven't got the correct teaching. I won't feel prepared. And an alternative assessment will give me coursework, which I can discuss with my professor rather than just going into an exam. But overall, like I just think it's been so disruptive to my whole degree and my third year is weighted the most heavily as well so it's just really scary to think about how much it's going to impact me overall. Do you think the pay rise demand is a fair one? I do think their pay rise demand is fair and I I agree and support them in their reason for striking because they have poor pensions. I had a professor last year who was on a fractional contract and, you know, her contract ended two months before the end of the semester. I support them, but I also have to think of myself and how much money I'm paying for this experience. How would you describe the atmosphere on campus in the build up to the strike? Draining, definitely a lack of motivation from myself and other students who just don't feel motivated if we're not going to be taught and we're not going to be on campus anyway because there's no one there to teach us. But it's also 
a tense atmosphere and a stressful atmosphere because we know that we want to graduate in the summer and this is our only opportunity in which to do it but we just don't have the support. Liv could you describe what it was like starting your degree during Covid? It was a very bizarre start we were completely online on Microsoft Teams obviously you had technical difficulties but for the most part it was just it just felt like I, I don't know as attending like chat with my friends because I would just roll out of bed in my pyjamas sit at my desk but I didn't want to talk I didn't have to talk which made it very hard for in seminars because you would just be sitting in silence for like an hour but that experience I feel was different because there was nothing they could do to change that we had to be online that was just the way the world was whereas this experience now can be changed it just seems like there's no effort on the college's part. What's your view on the value for money you've had both for the academic and social experience of uni? As of the 30th of January 2023 my student debt is £43,000 and that's just my student and maintenance loan. I can tell you that I don't even think it was worth 2000 of that. Um, and that's before you even get to my living costs. Even though I live at home with my mum, I still spend a lot of money. I don't think the value for money is there at all because I went to university in order to you know learn more, but also to get a job at the end. I've had no support for my desired career. I had to do that all on my own. And while I have got great opportunities because of the fact university is never on or there's like major disruption because of whether it's COVID and being online or whether it's striking, I paid for an experience both to be taught and a social aspect and I've received neither of those. You've also been working during your degree. What are your next steps? Because of this experience, I'm put off from doing a master's or going back and doing anything in terms of a university perspective. It's just kind of a bit off-putting. I will probably go and do a journalism qualification in the form of an NCTJ or an apprenticeship or something like that. I think that because of the disruption, I'm very prepared to go into my career. I've been able to write loads for other people. I've been able to take phone shifts at radio stations. And that has been great for my career. I think that prepared me, but it's not because of university that I'm prepared. Nobody at university even knows where to begin to help me. Anytime I tell them what I'm doing, they're just so shocked. King's College London tells the leader podcast pay decisions are decided nationally and the university's doing all they can to help students impacted by the strikes to continue normal campus access and support progress of their studies. Let's go to the ads. Coming up on the picket line with the Evening Standards' Katie Strick. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm lawrence delalio host of the evening standard rugby podcast brought to you in partnership with qbe business insurance the show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the champions cup will be crowned at tottenham hotspur stadium and the fight for the premiership title will be decided at twickenham QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. 
now to the picket line at the London School of Economics off the Strand, where Evening Standard senior feature writer and commissioning editor Katie Strick has been interviewing UCU members who've rejected a below-inflation pay offer. Katie speaks with Associate Professor of Sociology, Pat McGovern. Can you tell me why you're striking today? So uh, I'm striking, well, obviously there's inflation, there's uh, cutting wages again, uh, but also as you get to buy age, and I'm here a long time, a real concern about what's happening across the generations. So we have a lot of younger colleagues on temporary, part-time, fixed-term contracts as well, and we also have a new pension scheme that's hitting them harder than those of us who have been in a lot longer. So there's a sense, a real worry that the future of the sector isn't sustainable with these changes. Are you worried about students and people who might have considered a career in academia not doing so? Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, it's a very, it is a good job. It's an attractive job. The problem is getting them, because there's so many of them now are on a short-term basis. I mean, I wish people would wake up and appreciate what's happening in universities. You wouldn't accept it in, in secondary school for A-levels, that such a proportion of your teaching would be done by people who are on casualised contracts. Um, it just wouldn't be sustainable and parents would you know, complain about it. But instead what's happened is that we have asked students to do far more work than they did 20, 25 years ago. Uh, they're more stressed. They also have the, the, the mental health issues coming through. And uh, so we're also amateur mental health workers, uh, as, as well as trying to give them an introduction and teach them on the subject. It, it's not sustainable. There is the money in the sector, uh, and the staff are the sector. You know, uh, we don't need to be a property companies. We don't need to be throwing up glamorous and expensive buildings with award-winning architects all the time. You know, we should invest in the people much more than we are. They went on to discuss lecturers' ever-growing workloads. What toll is that extra workload taking on you as as staff? You have to accept that you're going to fail. You're not going to be able to do all of your jobs. So you've got to pick which part of the job you're not able to do as well as you did previously. It's, it's, it's a difficult thing to do because we're all high-achieving people and you like to be good at everything. But you have to learn to accept that you cannot do everything as well as you previously did. So you didn't look for what the priorities are. Not easy. We're, we're making it up as we go along. And what do you find yourself having to drop? What, what becomes the, the least important uh, well, thing? Well, like lots of other people, there's the course of email. Uh, so you get lots of emails, but then you're always looking out for the ones of students who, you know, you're trying to help them with the teaching with the classes or they're worried about the dissertation projects. So you try and spot those and, and you spend a lot of time uh, searching through. Then you're uh, taking up, you know, family hours doing your research because we're all under pressure to deliver research. And that's difficult in family time because, you know, you may have a partner who's unhappy about the amount of housework they're doing while uh, you're, you're busy doing, uh, trying to do some writing. You've written two paragraphs in the day or something. It doesn't seem very productive. That's one of the consequences of spillover in other lives. And I dare say if you ask the children of lots of academics today, they're not going to follow their parents into their profession. And that's to me is, is, is very sad. And finally, they discussed student reaction at LSE to the strike. How do your students feel about the strikes? Do they support you? Oh, you know, it's heartening. I had uh, an email yesterday from students from one of our programmes sending me, asking what can you do, how can you come and join the picket? And I had uh, another uh, very detailed email before Christmas from students who wrote to the director of the LSE. Uh, so you, you, 
as I say, I feel obliged to do a really good job when I'm teaching them now, uh, even though I know we're going to be going on a strike and, and we lose pay and they lose some teaching. Yeah, it must break your heart to think of them losing teaching and that being the only way for you to make well, your point. Might break my heart, but you know, you, you're in this because you enjoy teaching, because you enjoy working with students. I mean, the last thing you want to do is go on strike. You know, people are really torn about this. It's, it's you know, whether you're in primary school or in the university sector, you're there because you want to teach and work with young people and help them develop and grow. And finally, what would you say to vice chancellors today? I would say, think about this. We're all out, all across the university sector. Let's get together and make not just a deal for the moment, but put in a set of processes that will stop this happening in the future. We do not strike far too often in the last few years, nothing achieved. LSE tells the Leader podcast they're committed to supporting staff, are actively engaging with representative bodies on pay and pensions, and continue to have constructive discussions with the local UCU branch. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's the leader. We're back on Thursday at four. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. PM.